Everyone, welcome back to Kicks and Picks Podcast. No, this is not Nick leading the way tonight. He is out of town on work, uh, begrudgingly. Out of country. Wishes, yeah, out of country, not to blow up his spot. He's uh, <laughs> hopefully on his way back in country, so he's back for the next podcast. But uh, he's not too happy about missing it, Scott, because we had a big, big week. We were throwing out winners left and right. So just give everybody an update. We, we killed the Champions League. Yeah, we did. I mean, hopefully people were following us on Twitter, uh, at the very least, uh, if not subscribe to our Patreon. Our Patreon picks were, I think, five and one when all said and done, um, at least eight units there. We had a, an easy plus 330 hit for uh, anytime goal scorer of Encias Jr. Um, we nailed pretty much every game. Um, Real Madrid, draw no bet. We had Napoli money line. We also had Napoli team total. Uh, the only one that lost for us was Man City money line, which is crazy considering, I mean, that game, that first half was about as dominant of a first half as you'll ever see in a Champions League knockout round. Yeah. Um, and somehow they they only came away with one goal in that half, which kind of gives anybody that's used to gambling some uh, some concern because you know when you have a dominant half like that and you only come away with a one goal lead that it usually spells bad things for you in the end result. And that's exactly what happened. Leipzig got the equalizer in like the 72nd, 75th minute, somewhere around there. And uh, that's how, that's how you lose a bet. So that's the only, the only black mark on our record this week was the, the Manchester city money line pick. But other than that, we cooked, I think we had a couple free picks on Twitter that you popped up there. So I think you yeah, said we, we were around Silva to Remy one shot on target each. And that was a plus one ninety. They both did that. And then it was a uh, Vinny and, Kavara Dona's goal or assist parlay at plus 358. When when Kavara missed the penalty kick in the first half, I was in the middle of driving. I was listening to that series. I was pretty pissed. But uh, he made up for with a nice back heel assist to DiLorenzo. We cashed that too. So those two combined for another four and a half units plus the eight change you had got and on um, Patreon with those picks that you put up there. I think I calculated 13.33 units up on the week. Um, insane. That is an all-time week. Again, I hope everybody listening to this was at least taking part in our free picks on Twitter. And if not, you know, make sure you guys are checking the Patreon. It's five bucks a month. It's well worth it. If you were betting a dollar unit this week, you would have more than doubled your return just in that week. So uh, consider if you haven't already, we, we do this every week for Champions League. We do it for props outside of the picks we give out on this pod. So there's no better time to hop on than right now because we are on fire to say the least. Yeah, five dollars. If you were betting five dollars per unit, you more than paid for your whole yearly subscription year. of, yeah, of winners. A full year, <laughs> and so. you'll be certainly making more than that in the year. So we we hope you consider it. If you're if you're a fan of the show, consider joining our Patreon page at uh, Patreon.com/slash/KicksPicksPod, uh, and it's also linked on our Twitter. And I think you guys will be happy with what we've been putting out there. Uh, I know some of our patrons comment on the tweets; they are satisfied. So not to not to plug it too much, but it's out there for you guys if you want it. Plenty of winners. So, Scott, talk about the Champions League quick. We had four matches this week. We had Inter at the San Siro, 1-0 win over Porto. You mentioned the Leipzig 1-1 draw at home against City. Napoli went to Frankfurt and won 2-0. And then your team, Liverpool, got off to a really good start against Real Madrid and ended up capitulating and and getting really smoked 5-2 to Real Madrid. So, any hope for any of the three losers? And then do you see Leipzig potentially pulling an upset at City? Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like, uh, you know, the Tuesday games almost feels like the the full tie is kind of dead between the yeah. Madrid win and the and the the Napoli win. I mean, Madrid winning, going down to nothing and then scoring five pretty much just I don't want to say uncontested goals, but the defense that Liverpool was putting out there was was lackluster at best. It's been a concern all season long. So I know there was some 
some shock, I guess, from some of the post-game analysis and people saying that, you know, they didn't expect this. It's Liverpool, we're looking up. I'm not going to be the negative Nancy that I have been about them in the last month or so. I mean, the last two matches they played against Everton um, this, or two weeks ago, I mean, they've just been looking a lot better. Um, offensively, they've been getting forward. They've looked a lot more energetic. But even when they've been playing their best, you know, the last four or five years, Real Madrid has always had their number. So I, I don't care who you are. If you're a Liverpool fan out there, I think as confident as you may have projected yourself going into this based off of their recent form, there's definitely at least a little part of you in the back of your head kind of concerned about how well Real Madrid has handled Liverpool in the Champions League in the last three or four seasons. So tough one, tough one at home. Definitely feels like it's a little bit over. It's not like the Barcelona of three or four years ago where there's a three-goal lead going into the second tie because uh, that was at least coming back to Anfield. This one we're going out to, to Madrid and Spain. So it certainly feels a little different, but not too too surprising, all things considered. You know, you don't want to get smoked in the Champions League, but I don't think there's a, anyone had a whole lot of hope for for Liverpool advancing past Madrid. Yeah, I mean, when when Liverpool went up to nothing, you were sending those texts out. I missed a, a little bit the beginning of the match. I was like, oh man, it's not good for my Real Madrid money line bet. Uh, I did have that Vinny parlay, and I was like, oh, maybe he's not going to get on the scoreboard today. And then all of a sudden, they just turned the tide quick. Could have bet the Vinny double and would have cashed even more. But um, yeah, that feels done to me. Napoli feels done too. I mean, winning two nothing in Germany, and they do have a couple big matches in Serie A right before that return leg. They they do have Atalanta the weekend before, but. What they do instead at this point doesn't really matter because they've built such a big lead for themselves. They're up by 15 points on Inter. They could they could lose the next three weeks and it would probably make a difference in the title race. So I'm sure Spalletti will rest a couple guys against Atalanta. They don't care if they lose that match. They're going to be well-drilled coming home to the San Paolo. And I'm sure with as good as they've been all season, they've almost kind of turned into a little bit of that like dark horse team in the Champions League, the team that doesn't have the ped- pedigree, but maybe has the tools if they get the right draw. Um, I'm looking at the futures now. And they're they're plus seven fifty. I mean, City's still the favorite at plus two hundred. Bayern plus three fifty. Madrid at plus six hundred. Still good value on Madrid, really, after smoking Liverpool five two. I know their domestic form hasn't been up to par, but that's a great number. Um, and then just to run through the f- other teams that uh, won, um, Benfica plus eighteen hundred, and actually a loser PSG is still plus eighteen hundred. Chelsea plus two thousand after losing. Um, Spurs plus twenty five hundred. Inter plus 2,500, Milan plus 3,500, same with Dortmund. So some of these winning teams um, from Serie A and the Bundesliga still not getting the respect in terms of not even just to advance, to to potentially be a winner, have lower odds in the team that they are in advantage against. So um, Liverpool plus 6,500 if you think they can pull a, a <laughs> <Nope>. major comeback. <laughs> but um, it just shows that City is still heavily favored. I think I think Leipzig can maybe give them a match in the second leg but they can't start the way they did in Germany. If they start that way at the Etihad, I think it'll be done and dusted. There won't be the crowd behind them, but you know, if they could, if they could find a way to get the first goal, they can make it interesting because they are a pretty decent side. Um, they've, they've been on the the rise since uh, Marco Rose took over, but uh city's still gonna be a tough nut to crack inter. I'd be, con- I'd be a little nervous if I was inter, I think because Porto had some injury issues, Um, you know, a couple weeks from now, maybe those guys get healthy. They will be without Otavio, who's one of their, their big midfielders. But, you know, Inter's shown some cracks in Serie A. So that one is the one I would keep an eye on of the four this week of, for a potential, uh, you know, kind of comeback. Yeah. The other thing about Frankfurt in the in that loss to Napoli is, is they also lost Colo Mouani to the red card. Yeah. Um, and he's their key guy up top. You know, I know Goza has been doing pretty well and Lindstrom is decent, but 
that's tough when you're when you're chasing a two goal deficit on the road like that you want your guy that's going to be able to maybe the guy that might have a hat trick in him right if there's going to be somebody on the pitch it would be Kolo Mwani so um, losing him plus a two goal lead that does feel kind of insurmountable I agree Leipzig maybe there's a little bit of hope for them um, considering how well they rebounded in the second half do have to give the caveat that De Bruyne was not available for this match. So mm. assuming he'll be healthy in three weeks, then, then maybe that's an, an, you know one to keep an eye on for, for City. But, you know, anything can happen. Uh, injuries, there's a lot of injuries that can take part between the now and the next three weeks. That's kind of the interesting part here is I don't remember there being this much of a gap between legs of, of the yeah, Champions League knockouts. Gap. I think the last couple of years, maybe it's been a little more compacted because of the COVID schedule and everything. Um, but this year with the World Cup, you would have thought it'd be maybe a little tighter. That's the one big difference, too, I'm noticing now, because Roma played in the Europa League today. They had to play back-to-back weeks against uh, Salzburg, and, and so did Juve and these other teams. Yep. And then it'll be the same thing, I think, the second go-around. I think the two weeks of the Champions League will be the round of 16 for the Europa League, so they can kind of catch up because they have a round of 32 first. Um, so it gives teams to rest up, but you're right, it does also leave open that injury issues or you know maybe loss of form over a couple matches in the league. So that's always interesting, too. Um, but certainly a little bit of a surprise result in terms of the scoreline of Madrid and maybe Leipzig keeping it close to some, I did, I did say in our group text, I thought Leipzig double chance might have a shot and, um, yeah. they, they did prove did to be tough. That. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have, I mean, after that first half, it was, that was not looking like the right pick, but yeah. it just completely swapped in the second half. And we said it all year city's defense this year is it's nothing to write home about. I mean, it's, it's yep. been solid, but it, it's not been impenetrable. Um, Ruben Diaz has been their key guy and he was playing, but, uh, you know, losing Al Cancelo in the, in the left back position has opened up a bit of a gap for them to address and they're being exposed. Uh, and Leipzig has the talent up front to, 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 to exploit that. So it, anything can happen if Leipzig stay healthy and, and Diaz or uh, De Bruyne or Rodri or, or somebody that's key that, that kind of protects that back line, picks up an injury or a knock then it's definitely game on for, for Leipzig. Yeah, Leipzig's got the got the horses up front, the Werners and then the Silvas and guys like that that can pop in the goal if they need it. They actually got it from, I think, a center back in this match off corner. Um, so the potential's there. So uh, a couple weeks from now, we'll hit you again with our Champions League winners. In about two weeks, we got the, the return leg of the matches that were played last week. And then we get these these four again. So certainly some things to keep an eye on. I think the matches in two weeks, just to, just to remind you, the ones that are going to be keeping a close eye on because these were a lot closer matches. Bayern one uh, nothing up on PSG going home. Milan going two Spurs down uh, up one nothing. So Spurs will have a home advantage, but a deficit. Dortmund will be going to Chelsea, similar situation with a one goal uh, advantage to them. Benfica Bruges, I think we, we probably see as being done and dusted considering they are going to Portugal. But those three will be the ones to keep an eye on. I think the, the matches from last week have more potential for some fireworks and some drama than the ones that were played this week, but certainly some things to keep an eye on when we return and we'll have some big bets for you. But moving on. Yeah. I was just going to say, moving on to the weekend, it's a big, big weekend, both uh, really across the continent. Um, We have the Carabao cup final in England. We'll touch on that. We have uh, top of the table clashes in both Germany and France. We have a champions league uh, worthy fixture in Italy. And then uh, another one in England where we have teams that are maybe punching below their weight right now, which we'll touch on too. So we'll start in Italy, Scott, Atalanta at Milan. Milan had the week off. They didn't play Champions League this week, so they'll both be pretty much rested. Atalanta's plus 225 in the money line. Milan plus 115. A draw is plus 230. Uh, the total 
over two and a half is minus 105. The under is minus 115. Um, to me, the interesting number there is that the under is actually, you know, getting more juice than the over. It's an uh, interesting dynamic for me, considering Milan's D hasn't been, they, they have had a couple better matches. I will say that they did shut out Spurs in the Champions League, but prior they had been struggling. And Atalanta's kind of been an over team for much of the season. Yeah, that's a uh, a spoiler alert that may be featured in my picks coming up at the second half of this episode. So I won't address that too much, but I do agree that you have picked up on something that is pretty intriguing. To me, though, I think this is a tale of, of two pretty inconsistent teams, but in different yep. ways. So Milan have been kind of inconsistent, but they go through these like deep uh, trends of form. So in January, we knew they were struggling big time. Their defense was conceding lots of goals in various ways, and it was a, a problem. Um, but now they've kind of been on the upswing, I think a little bit in February, they've gotten a little bit of momentum in the league, um, have some decent results to show for it. So I think they're kind of on the up and up. Whereas Atalanta, I feel like you don't really know what you're going to get from them week to week, yeah. right? Like just lost to Lecce last weekend after beating Lazio the weekend Lazio. prior to that. And then and losing lost to, to Swazolo Swazolo the weekend before, before yeah. that. So it, it's, it's really hard to figure out what, <laughs> what form of Atalanta you're going to get week in and week out. So on that sense, I think if I'm taking a team in this matchup, I'm going to go with Milan just because it seems like their inconsistency right now is in an inconsistent trend up, whereas Atalanta, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. They're, they're very much a wild card. So I do like plus 115 for, for Milan on the money line on this. I think if, if you're going to be putting money on a team to win, that's the way to go. Um, and I'll share my thoughts on the total in probably about 20 minutes. So stay yeah. tuned for that. Uh, certainly an interesting one. That you, the, the form you touch on is... is- is pinpoint right i mean the thing with Atalanta, they're so good on the road and they lose matches at home to lecce and to uh as well and they actually lost both matches lecce this year shout out to lecce they've been kind of giant killers in Serie A this year they've drawn roma they've beaten um Atalanta twice I, they beat lazio recently i think they drew napoli uh the first time they met in in puglia so They've been tough, so not to take credit away from them, but just from an Atalanta perspective, man, they just did not play well. I almost took Lecce draw no bet last weekend, and I didn't, and I, I regretted not doing it um, just because the result ended up 2-1. Milan, like you said, they've been playing better. They beat Monza 1-0. They beat Spurs 1-0. Uh, Torino Lots 1-0. So nothings. Yeah, three straight clean sheets. I think that's what's playing into the over-under line. Four, yeah. the, the one before that. They, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So they, they lost four straight one nothing. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. They lost to Inter 1 nothing. All right. But yeah, four straight 1 nothing games for them. So I think that's where the underline comes in a little bit. But again, I'll, I'll try and save my excitement for the, yeah. the total later on. As a Roma fan, I'm hoping for a draw. That would be ideal for me because the of Champions course. League race is tight in Italy. But um, I could see this going any of the three ways just because the inconsistencies of Atalanta, they could come out firing like they did against Lazio or they can come out really poor like they, they did in the other matches. So this is one where I think if you're taking something, you either take Milan on the money line if you like them. If you like Atalanta, you probably take them draw no bet. Just get the protection because you're still plus money with the, the draw no bet. I think it's plus 135 I just saw. So um, this is not one I would put a lock on in terms of winner, um, but I think it should be an interesting match. And big, big table implications. Just before we move on to the next one, just to throw that out there too. It's uh, Milan is tied with Roma for third in the table. They're technically fourth because of goal differential on 44. Lazio is on 42 and Atalanta is on 41. Those four teams fighting probably for the last two Champions League spots. So if Atalanta loses, it could be one of those ones where they really dig a hole. If Roma and Milan, you know, both get wins this week in the head-to-head and then Roma beats um, Cremonese, then Atalanta can find themselves in a little bit of a, a hole for the Champions League race for sure, I think. 
All right. So we don't touch too much on Ligun because PSG usually runs a show over there, Scotty, but Ligun has tightened up a bit. PSG's form has kind of faltered a little bit since uh, February rolled around. Um, Marseille has creeped up to pull within five points through 24 matches. Could have been closer if PSG didn't get that come from behind victory last week. It was almost a three-point gap coming into this one, which would have made it really interesting. Um, This is... We're looking at Marseille at plus 175, PSG plus 145, and a draw plus 275 on the money line. Uh, the under is plus 140. The over is minus 115. Uh, this is in Marseille. I just want to double check that. Um, yes, at Marseille, which is why PSG is probably getting such a big number. And if you look at the win probabilities that, um, you know, like Google gives out and stuff on these match previews, Marseille 35% chance to win, PSG 39% chance to win. So, just like the books have it close, the kind of computer models have it close too. Do you think Marseille can pull this off? I know we don't watch a lot of league, but their results have been pretty good lately. Yeah, it's PSG's form has not been great. You just touched upon that. I think it seems like this team really is driven by Mbappe right now, which is crazy because it's not like yeah. they're devoid of talent elsewhere. You know, we not we know Messi's out there. Neymar, obviously a key player, played pretty well in their Champions League clash against Bayern uh, a week ago. Um, so it, it seems weird that they have all this talent and it, yet it still seems very much driven by how well Mbappe plays, but that's just how it is for them right now. And I think I touched upon it when we talked about the cha- them in the champions league, it's, it's gotta be very frustrating to root for the squad because they do have some of the greatest players, you know, in the world right now, but they don't seem to do much with it. Um, so do Marseille have a chance? Absolutely. I mean, they just beat them in the cup, uh, at the beginning of the month, yep. two to one. So They've proven that they can do it as recently as three weeks ago. Um, they absolutely have a chance. But for me, it's so hard to pass up on a PSG plus money because they do have that capability where if they are coming out with a, a you know with the right mindset, they should absolutely trounce Marseille. So it, can Marseille get a, a win in back-to-back games against PSG? I think that's a, a tall task to order. Uh, so in that sense, I think I do lean a little bit more towards PSG in this one. But I do expect goals galore. Um, so maybe if you want to start looking at I, some I was goal scorer props, that. that's probably yeah. the the way to go. With the, the total being set at where it is, I think it, what you said, the, the over is uh, minus one. You know what? I'm looking now. I think that might have been from one of the other matches. Guys. Oh, I think it's I minus 175. It's yeah, minus yeah. 170. I think, I think yeah. it was a typo. I think the yeah. one was supposed to be a seven. <laughs> yeah. So minus forget 170. That. <laughs> yeah. Minus 170 is the total. So there's yes. going to be goals galore in this one. Um, so I'm expecting take goals. A, take a peek. I mean, even Alexis Sanchez is, is a, is a, decent pick in this one for for Marseille to score because we know PSG aren't exactly the most sound at the back uh just conceded three against the Lille so uh, that's a name to kind of maybe put a put a little asterisk over as a potential goal score opportunity this weekend yeah I think you take a look at the starting lineup you find someone on on Marseille or PSG that you like because they're all plus money even Mbappe's plus 140 Messi plus 160 which you don't get too often um in the last matchup they played it was Sanchez and Ruslan Malinovsky for Marseille and then it was actually Sergio Ramos got the goal um from defense I'm assuming got a set piece for for PSG so if you find someone you like I think you just take a shot maybe you do like uh especially if you like PSG maybe you take a uh, player parlay right PSG yeah. to win and to player score, to score. yeah I like that that's something that could could probably pay out pretty decent um but yeah there, there's definitely value in goal scores I think in this match probably the most and even if you are a little bit like, eh, maybe they, you know, one of these teams can, maybe Marseille can pull the draw. You can still get PSG at minus 125 on the draw, no bet. And Marseille plus 100 on the draw, no bet. So there's value all around. Um, if you're someone who pays closer attention to France, 
then you might be able to find some some value in this match. And I think it should be an entertaining match. Yeah, it, it, you have to think that if PSG can't get up for this game from a mentality standpoint, where a loss yeah. would basically pull Marseille within striking distance, right? You're, you'd yeah. be within two points. You'd be two points out for for the the title. I like that's the one thing you say about PSG is like they win the league year in year out year out for that like odd time where Monaco was like really really good. I think they mm-hmm. had Mbappe and and Fabinho etc. So they. They, they can't afford to really drop points here because then all of a sudden now you have to really focus on the league and then not spend all of your effort on, on champions league, which is really what they've been trying to do the last few years. So I, I think they come out, they just take care of business in this one and then shift gears back into champions league. Like you're used to. Yeah. I do think Marseille can get a result. I just wouldn't bet it. I, I think if you're betting, you have to go PSG and, like I said, maybe take one of those goal scores that you think is going to be the the spark plug. And, and Mbappe at plus money is always a good bet, especially if you could parlay him with a a PSG win. I think so. Moving, you know, to a neighboring country, we have Germany, the Bundesliga, a, a, a league I've been betting on quite a bit and fairly successfully this year. They it's been a fun league this year. Um, I have been watching more of it because of the betting aspect, and and you know, it can be enjoyable and. There is a big one on Sunday. It's a top of the table clash. And when we say top of the table this time, it's not like a five point gap. It is all square. It's a three way tie at the top of the Bundesliga right now. And two of those teams are squaring off. Uh, it's the three way ties between Bayern, Dortmund, and, and Union Berlin at 43 points. And Bayern is hosting Union Berlin. Uh, Union had a big opportunity to actually move ahead of Bayern last weekend and end up drawing uh, disappointingly 0 0 to keep it even after uh, Bayern dropped all three points so it's Byron at home huge favorite minus 330 union plus 700 uh on the money line the total under minus 145 over minus 180 um and then some other interesting numbers since it's such a big spread on the money line Scott double chance union plus 255 and union getting a goal and a quarter on the Asian line plus 115 so a lot of value on Union, a team that I've done very well with. They actually came off a big win today in the Europa League, beating Ajax 3-1 pretty convincingly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're betting this game, you have to bet Union Berlin. There's no, It makes no sense to bet Bayern in the way that this is set up right now. I mean, the only way you would take Bayern is if you're giving up a goal, a goal and a half. And yeah. I would not advise doing that in a game where you have, like you said, two teams that are tied at the top of the table. That's a, a tough Tough t- thing to do in, in normal circumstances, but Bayern again haven't been playing well in the league of late. So if you're you're going to bet this one, you're going to take Union Berlin, and you're going to figure out what your tolerance of risk is. So for me, yeah. I think you can take. You mentioned the Asian line one and a quarter. I think if you go one and a half, it's minus one fifteen. Um, mm-hmm. So Union Berlin plus a goal and a half. All they got to do is just keep it close, and I, I don't see any reason why Bayern is walking away from this one with like a three goal easy easy win. Yeah, I don't see it either. The first time they played in Berlin, it was a 1-1 draw. Um, and Union's been solid. They are actually unbeaten in 2023. So they had the 3-1 win over Ajax today after a 0-0 in Holland last week. They did draw Schalke, disappointingly, 0-0. Cost me a, a lock, but hey, it is what it is, right? They still got a point out of it. Uh, beat Leipzig 2-1, beat Mainz 2-1, beat uh, Wolfsburg in the Cup 2-1, beat Hertha, their, their city rivals 2-0, beat Werder 2-1 and beat Hoffenheim 3-1. So they, all, all positive results for them so far. So, And the thing with them, they don't give up a lot. Um, everything they play, it's pretty low scoring in terms of what they concede. They haven't given up more than one goal in 2023 in a match. Now, Bayern has more firepower than anybody they faced, of course. Uh, but we saw against PSG, right? They can attack, 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 and still end up with just a one nothing victory like that. 
Um, in terms of goals forced, Bayern 61 forced, only 21 allowed. Union only 24 allowed, second best defense in the league, but they have only scored 35. That's where their issue is, is they've been kind of overperforming their XG even with that number. Um, but I mean, this is a team I've been riding all year and I, I like them at plus a goal, plus a goal in a quarter. I, I think they keep it within one if they do lose. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go. And, you know, defense travels, right? So uh, yep. even if you're you're going to to Bayern in this one, uh, going to Munich, you got a, the right recipe to at least get a result when it, if your defense is able to hold up. I agree. Yeah. And um, unless Bayern really come out and are like, we got to prove that we are still the champs and they can find a way to get one early and then maybe they can find a way to get a couple more then maybe, you know, it gets kind of bad for union, but I, I don't see that happening. I think they sit compact early and then they try to hit on the counter and then they, they can maybe find a way to get a goal or two. And then maybe the league gets turned on its head. We talked about futures a couple of weeks ago at the, the Bundesliga and Dortmund and Berlin right now have value still. Yeah. Sure do. I mean, Dortmund is still my pick, but if if you can get a result here, there's still probably be plus money, right? You yeah. figure there's still be plus money and, and knowing that Bayern is going to do everything they can to, to continue in their Champions League chase. So yep. in that case, it might be time to put some money down on Union Berlin. Yeah, for sure. But Borussia has got to be sitting there thinking, wow, we've got Hoffenheim, probably a win and could maybe make up ground on both of them and, and be sole possession of first half this weekend. It's definitely something to keep an eye on in the Bundesliga on Sunday. I think late morning if you're uh, you're tuning into that one. So, Scott, moving across the channel to England now, we have a couple of big matches, one in the league, one in the cup final. We'll start in the Premier League, and this is kind of a big one just because it's two struggling big sides. It's Chelsea um, playing Spurs. Chelsea plus 185 in the money line. Spurs plus 155. Draw also plus 185. The under 2.5 is minus 125, and the over is plus 105. So, clearly the book's expecting a low-scoring kind of gritty affair i guess you could say yeah uh and i think if you've been watching either of these teams in 2023 you'd have to agree with that it's interesting it's it's a, a london derby that usually has a lot of fanfare around it and right now both teams are kind of in this like introspective turmoil with their with their manager with their squad trying to figure out what direction their their club is going chelsea very well known have spent 600 some odd million euros in the, in the last two transfer windows and, and are still struggling mightily under Graham Potter. And, you know, we, we kind of joke about the hashtag manager out track tags, but that has been going pretty hot all tenth, week. 10th place and a distant 10th place. I mean, they're 31 points. The next closest team is Brentford. They're four ahead of them. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot to be. Um, if you're Chelsea, you, you, you kind of are stuck with Potter for the for the at least the next year or two, I would have to think, because he signed a pretty long deal. And the the management or the ownership have have come out and, and backed him and saying, listen, we're gonna judge him on the the how well he does with this project over the course of the next few years. We're not gonna jump to reaction or overreact. So it, it's it's tough. I think Chelsea obviously need this a lot more, whereas Tottenham, your manager is the exact opposite. His contract is up in the summer. I think everyone kind of expects him to go. And the way that things are trending for Tottenham right now, they're still in fourth place. Um, yeah. They're just kind of hanging in there. But if if they drop this one to a, a very a very a, a Chelsea side that's struggling heavily, I think that all of a sudden kind of turns up the the questions because the the biggest issue they've had right now is they can't score. Um, they did finally score two goals in a game for the first time I think in like three months uh, against West Ham this weekend. But Crazy. with with the attack that they have with Harry Kane and Son and Kulisevsky and Richarlison and, and and Arjuma now, like you would almost feel like that should be a regularity, not like a rarity. 
Yeah, the first time they played two was a two-two, and I, I think right now you you figure if it's gonna be a draw, it's a zero-zero one-one type <laughs> draw. It's not a two-two. Yeah, if you score um, two goals in this game, you're walking away with a win. Yeah, you have Chelsea in desperation mode because they're just trying to get themselves out of a funk, and Potter's feeling the heat, I'm sure, to some extent, at least in the at least in the from the fan base. And then Spurs needed just to kind of keep ahead of Newcastle, who have a match in hand. If you know, it it's Champions League or bust for them when you look at the table with Liverpool so far behind, with Chelsea so far behind. The other three big sides are ahead of them. There's no reason why, if you're a Tottenham hit fan, you feel like you should not finish top four when your competition is, yes, a much improved Newcastle and Fulham, really, at this point. So uh, heat is on both teams. Like you said, Conte will just walk away if the, the season ends in a failure. If they finish fourth, maybe he sticks around for Champions League. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I'm looking at a low-scoring match, maybe a, a 1-1. Maybe someone ekes out a 2-1 or a 1-0. But uh, it's hard to choose between two. If I had to choose between the two, I'd probably go Spurs just because they've been a little bit better, but it's also at the bridge. So that makes it tough on Spurs too, I think. Yeah, I'll I'll give my thoughts on the total on this one as well in a little bit. But uh, I just want to correct you. You say Liverpool far off from Tottenham right now. Liverpool are seven points seven. back from Tottenham, yeah. but they have Actually, two, ma- two games uh, in hand. Hands, yeah, yeah, I, I missed so, the two matches in hand. So yes, it's not so They're not far. that far off. Yeah, been, if, they, been, if they find form, it's not that far. You're right. I've been negative, Nancy, about Liverpool, but I have to point that out. I also have to point out that I think those two games in hand are against uh, Wolves and Leicester. Um, mm, so very winnable. Very feasible that they could get at least four points out of that one, if not six. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're knocking on the door. You're just within one yeah. game back, essentially, or less. So time, yeah, and then they don't have a whole even, lot of room. Yeah, even Brighton, two matches in hand and, and seven back. Yep. So, yeah, not that I expect them to probably be able to that would be season. bad imagine if if brighton losing potter to chelsea but still qualify for champions league while chelsea sit in mid table or That's at least finish one. ahead of them right even if they eke them out for europa league or something that would be something yeah so we talked about newcastle much improved manchester united also much improved this year and they are going to meet in the carabao cup final the league cup final it's also known as more you know classically uh united plus 115 newcastle plus 235 Draw plus 250. I'm assuming it's at the um, Wembley, right? All the yes, cup finals Wembley. are Wembley. Yep. Uh, total two and a half under at minus 120, over at plus 100. Scott, United, after today, beating Barcelona, is there any way they lose to Newcastle? No, I mean, this is not a lock for anybody, so that's a little spoiler alert there, but it should be because Newcastle's form has been really bad lately. Just mm-hmm. lost to Liverpool. Drew Burnmouth the week before that, Drew West Ham the week before that. Both clubs are basically relegation form. Um, snuck out a 2-1 win over Southampton before that. Uh, so not exactly in the top of their form right now. And to make things even worse, in their loss to Liverpool, keeper Nick Pope picked up a red card, which means he's actually going to be suspended for this game. Oh, it carries into the cup too? It does. Their backup wow. keeper is Dubrovka who is actually cup-tied because they picked him up in January, so he can't play. They're onto their third keeper, Coach. Do you know who their third keeper is? It's going to be a familiar name. Is it? Is, is it, it? Oh, is it Carius or somebody? It's Carius. Like that? That's it. <laughs> That's why I knew That's the guy. The, the last guy you want to be your keeper oh. in, a, in a final of any capacity. I can't Just see. Remind Liverpool fans about him, right? <laughs> yeah, I, can, I cannot see. Newcastle coming away with this. So I think the only question here is if they get it, if is if United get it done in 90, right? That's really the only concern about taking the Manchester United on the plus 115. But I think 
I just don't, I don't see a way that, that United don't come away with a cup in this one. Yeah. I, I find with the form that United is in, they have to be feeling so good about themselves after beating Barcelona two, one today, winning the, the tie four, three on aggregate came, came from behind two at home today in old Trafford. So they're in really good form. Um, they're kind they kind of feel like they're back They're They're yeah. putting together a nice side and they did it today without Rashford even doing the damage. Yeah, and, and here's another crazy stat for you just about how well they've been doing lately. And I don't like saying this, but I'm going to. Uh, they are closer to first place than the fourth place right now. In yeah. The so they are closer to Arsenal and then obviously City at the top than they are to Tottenham below them. So there's a there's a three-way ti- a three-way chase now in the title in some capacity. Uh, and I think at this point, really, you're just looking for one remaining Champions League spot for those other five teams that we talked about. Agreed. Yeah, the, the top three is locked in in terms of Champions League. So Newcastle has fallen out of the top four, which is big for them. You mentioned the the, the form kind of slipping a bit. That's been the the biggest thing. And United, they've proven this season that they can play with the big sides. Uh, beat Arsenal the first time they played. Um, they they beat City in the second derby. And Newcastle's played like a big side this year, but they they don't have the pedigree. And I, I think I think United's too good. I, I like them on the money line at plus one fifteen. I, I really do. Yeah, that has to be the pick. Again, if yeah. if if we had saw this line when we were making our locks, because we didn't figure this out until right before recording, I think it would have been one of my locks. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I think I, I was flipping through Series Day, too. I think Grumpy Pundits was on or something, and then they were talking about their picks for the weekend. And they said, like, we'd love to see Newcastle win, but you don't pick against United in the final, especially not in this form. And this was before they beat Barca today. So no. I definitely like United here. And I think at plus money, great value. Um, so speaking of pick, Scott, you mentioned our locks last week. Uh, somewhat of a bounce back. You did really well. I think mean, you were three and zero. Nick and I kind of dragged us down. We went five and five as a collective, uh, just under, uh, you know, minus 0.37 units. So almost even, broke even essentially. Um, yeah. yeah, been a rough couple weeks overall, but still in the season, 127 wins, 86 losses, 12 pushes for plus 31.8 units, uh, and we're 13 five and three in terms of our game of the week pod lock up five and a half units so still up over 37 units on the season not not too shabby and that's not even including our patron props that have been doing pretty well so you know i mean our, we have to address the the lock of the week from last weekend we took the under two and a half oh. torino cremonese and my question was which team scores two goals guys because there's no way either <laughs> of those clubs can score two and goals they both did. it turns out both unbelievable an unbelievable game that can only happen incredibly really just have the jinx cursed upon you so apologies for that but with this champions league breakthrough we had midweek i'm positive that we've turned around our form five and five we broke even that's better than we did the previous week so we're on the up and up and i think we've got winners here for this weekend slate so i guess yeah. I'll, I'll kick things off if if that's where to go um yep. we were talking about chelsea tottenham i said i got a pick for the total here coach i think you you kind of nailed it chelsea versus tottenham under two and a half it's minus 125 I rode the Chelsea lock last week. It was easy. The only goal that was scored was from our man, James Ward-Prowse on that free kick in the 46th minute. So in stoppage time, that first half, other than that, it was a snooze fest with no goals coming from any side or uh, angle. Tottenham, we talked, been struggling to score. They did pick up two against West Ham, but Chelsea's defense has been decent despite their offensive struggles. So I like riding with the under with this one. I don't think either team is going to really put up an offensive firepower of any sort. And I, I like the fact that Romero is now back for Tottenham. I think he'll help kind of solidify that back line. It seems like one that you just, you trust your gut. You don't think about it too much. You don't look into the names of Yao Felix or Mudrik or Kane or Son, and you just t- 
take that minus one twenty five and and ride it to the bank. Yeah, I like it. I, I like I said earlier, I think it's a zero zero one one, maybe a a one zero game. So, um, t- touched on the Bundesliga race before. Touched on how Dortmund could have a very successful weekend if they do things the right way against Hoffenheim. Uh, last check, they're minus one forty in the money line. Hoffenheim is in a terrible run of form. Horrible. No wins, one draw, five losses since the calendar flipped to 2023. Meanwhile, Dortmund is red hot, winning all eight matches in all competitions. That's pulled them level with Bayern and Union at the top of the Bundesliga. They looked kind of, in terms of title race, dead to rights back in like October, November before the World Cup, and they've just been super hot. Um, And with those two going head-to-head, this is a big opportunity for Dortmund. I do not see them blowing it even on the road. Minus 140, good number. Yeah, I love Dortmund now. Uh, Sebastian Haller back. I think he's the right guy to kind of pick up some of that goal scoring form for them. Jude Bellingham, obviously a really talented midfielder that everybody in England is hoping to get their hands on in the summer. So I, I like this pick, like you said, Hoffenheim yeah. form, not great. Don't question this one. And Adeyemi followed up his Champions League goal with another goal on the weekend too. So he's feeling good about himself. Isn't he hurt though? He picked up a muscle strain. Oh, did he get hurt in that match? Yeah, oh, I think he's right, out for about him. a month. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Don't want to burst that bubble. <laughs> all right, well, they, they've got other guns. <laughs> they do. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, rolling back. Second pick, another game that we talked about, Milan versus Atalanta. Talked about Milan. They're on a string of one nothing games, three one nothing wins, and then a one nothing loss. Their defense has picked up since January's swoon, we'll say. But I actually like the over in this one. Um, I think this is really the ultimate test to really see if Milan's defense is, is here to stay. Um, we love Atalanta overs here. I think Atalanta are going to force Milan to play a little bit more open. We know Milan can score. Leao has been playing pretty well lately. Um, they're going to have every re- reason to play well in this game, considering what's on the line with Champions League. So I, I feel like this one ends up actually being a, a game where there's a- several goals scored. I don't think it's a-, a 1-0, 2-0 type of game. It's minus 120, so it seems like books are thinking that way as well, which makes me a little nervous. But uh, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to take this one. I'm going to hope that our Atalanta overs mantra proves true once again. Lock it in. Yeah, I wonder what our we we've got a couple of Milan guests we've had on. We've got our our Milan follower and and Lisi. I wonder if what him, Santangelo, and uh, Martino are thinking on that. We'll, we'll see if we get their opinion. Maybe they could tweet at us if they like yeah. the over. They think Milan's D is back. Tweet me, tweet me before Saturday, so that way if if I'm really saying something stupid, I have time to change it. But that's my feeling right <laughs> now. It really feels like this is a game that's going to be an over that kind of breaks this streak of, of low scoring Milan games. And like I said, Atalanta, they're perfectly set up for it. The only thing that really could hurt me here is if Milan get like a nice 2-0 lead and they just decide to close up shop, just yeah. shut it down, ride it to the to the three points. All right. So I'm going back to uh the title race in England here. I've got Arsenal on the money line, minus 140 at Leicester City. Similar to Dortmund, I just feel like it's it's too good a like it's not a great number, but it's a solid number when you're playing a team that's fighting relegation. Arsenal bounced back from four straight negative results of that dramatic late win at, uh, against Villa last week. Meanwhile, after back-to-back impressive wins for the Foxes, they were dominated by United in the second half at Old Trafford. I think Arsenal continues to title push here, and I think they get the job done. Yeah, it seems like we're in a race now to get Arsenal as our locks every week because for whatever reason... The Sooner or later, putting... right? The book's got to catch up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Like they, they keep them within this like minus 130 to minus 150 range for all these teams that are basically in relegation form. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very weird. So uh worked out for me against Aston Villa last weekend, although I had a nail-biter, but I think uh, you're on the right track here. Leicester City, I don't expect much from them in this one. All right. I'm going to take on the mantra of worldwide this week. 
looking around the leagues, I found a pick that kind of seems too good to be true. It's going to Spain in La Liga. We have Real Betis at Elche. Elche are deep into last place. I think they have nine points in 22 matches, which is like a historically bad performance for a team in the top flight of any of the European leagues. Like that is your, they're 11 points behind 19th place. And uh, I don't even know who it is in La Liga at this point, but uh, maybe Valencia, Valencia surprisingly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it's just a historically bad team. Whereas Real Betis are actually playing pretty well. They're in fifth place in La Liga. They're close to coming into a champions league spot. They're I think four points off of fourth. It's minus 105 for Real Betis at Elche. Basically even money. Um, I, I don't see, this is this line just seems crazy to me. This might be a, a, a rat line, but anytime you can take a team that's competing for a Champions League spot in their league against a team that's historically bad and in deep last place like this, I think you have to take it. Yeah, um, Betis is a solid side. They, be, they finished ahead of Roma in the Europa League group at minus 105 to me i know it's on the road but that's crazy this is a friday match so if you're gonna bet this one bet it early um you, you probably just get it in right after you listen to us um but minus 105 is all i will i will be tailing that pick i, I don't yeah. see how that's at with a team with nine points and it, it kind of plays off my next pick perfectly because we're talking about teams with nine points cremonese has only nine points in Serie A right now they actually have no wins elche has one um cremonese has just drawn more matches so funny connection there without even planning it uh they're hosting roma on tuesday um roma's got that had the europa league match today so they're not playing until tuesday my boys got the big two nothing win against salzburg today uh for them to score two or more on tuesday is minus 105 i mean skeptics will point out that roma crashed out of the copa to this cremonese side and they've only scored 30 in 23 league matches however roma had ample chances against cremonese in the copa and i think as long as like we saw today dibala was fit um tammy didn't come in they didn't need him but belotti played very well if he has to go again if they decide to rest tammy again he can be rested and belotti starting to find his form i mean Cremonese is winless winless in the league like i just said and has the second worst defense in the league i have to follow have faith in my boys here coming off a, a two nothing win that they could put up two more and to add to that coach if torino can score two goals against Cremonese, you got anybody score can. two goals yeah. against Cremonese. <laughs> so yes i i I have to imagine that professional footballers can put up two goals yeah. on Cremonese. So what I, happened I like if Elche pick. played Cremonese. Would anybody oh. score? No, I don't know. That would be a tough one. I don't know that you're selling many tickets to that one. <laughs> Elche has scored 15 and conceded 45. I just have to look out of curiosity. Cremonese has scored 17 and conceded 42. So slightly better for Cremonese. Slightly. <laughs> slightly. <laughs> All right. We're going to rattle through Nick's picks. He's not here to give them, but he still provided them for us. I don't think there's any real surprises here. We'll start off with Atalanta at Milan. Nick is taking Atalanta draw no bet at plus 130. Pretty decent juice. Uh, Obviously, Nick loves juice, so taking the plus 130 is an easy one for him. He thinks that there's some tricky timing here with Milan, given their play uh, play in Europe, and he thinks that Atalanta are going to have a bounce back. We talked about their form being back and forth. They just lost against Lecce. Maybe they bounce back here against Milan continue that inconsistent run of form that they've been having yeah um he's sticking with juve for the fourth week in a row sky i mean just about a month ago we had to remind him that he had juve as a no bet team right there in the band slip not the bet slip yeah. um but he's three on them in the last three weeks on juve bet so he feels like he has to keep it going he feels like torino stinks and gave up two to cremonese like we just mentioned so he is riding juve team total over goal and half at even money this is such an anti, I mean, Nick has to retire the meme at this point, the no Juve bets allowed, yeah. because yeah. this is the most anti-Nick pick that I've ever seen. 
and it has to hit because if he doesn't, he's going to hear about it from us for weeks on weeks. His final lock, he's going with my team, Liverpool. He's taking another team total. This time he's going over two and a half, which is actually plus 255. So Nick's shooting for the stars on this one. Liverpool are at Crystal Palace. Nick is loving the form that Poole are in. Nunez is scoring. Gakbo scoring. Salah is scoring. He thinks there's going to be a big response to the loss at Real Madrid. Um, he's also pointing out there's a newfound Klopp hater crowd. I want to point out that doesn't really exist. There's always going to be fans of other teams that are going to start Klopp out chance. Um, I think every Liverpool fan at this point knows that the only hope of bouncing back right now is to commit to Klopp long-term because he's done it before. He'll do it again. Nick does point out the Palace does stink, which is fair. Um, but what I found is that when Palace stink, they usually find a team like City or Tottenham or Liverpool and have some crazy bounce back game where Zaha scores two and then their defense just like shuts up shop. So Nick likes the team total over two and a half. If Gakbo and Nunez keep playing like the way they've been playing, I think it's certainly possible. So that's his lock. Call it a lock at plus 255. But um, again, got to take big swings Man. if you want to hit big, big shots. I'm usually the guy who looks for the plus money, right? And then Nick went all plus money bets this week. I, I might be rubbing off on him because I, I went all minus, and so did you. So he's looking to carry the squad. And if he hits those, we'll have a, a very big weekend for the pod. And speaking of plus money picks, our pod lock is a plus money pick. Also a Friday bet. This is Fulham Moneyline plus 135, hosting Wolves. Uh, Fulham's making that European push after just being promoted this season. They are not very far off the Europa League spot. Um, after beating Brighton a couple weeks ago, they kind of overtook Brighton as maybe that challenger team to the big dogs. Um, and even though Wolves have been better under Lopetegui, they have been. They did lose to Bournemouth last weekend, one nothing, and I don't expect them to win at Craven Cottage. This is a, a big opportunity for Fulham to really solidify that spot in the race for the top five or six, especially if United wins the cup. I think that opens up another European spot to the top six instead of the top five um, in terms of standing-wise. So they are right in the mix. Credit to them. They've been very tough. Um, yeah, especially at Craven Cottage. Yeah, not conceding goals. Um, I think they've had three straight clean sheets, Chelsea, Nottingham Forest, and Brighton, beating Brighton last weekend. So definitely in a good bit of form here. We talk about our guy, Mitrovic. He's automatic, so you got to feel like he's going to be good for at least one in this one. So you combine Mitrovic's goal scoring and their consistent play at the back, and I think you got a winning combination this week against a pretty poor Wolverhampton side. Yeah, and... um just speaking of because they've been so good defensively, it's not a, not a lock by any means, but I think parlaying Fulham in the under, I think was plus 310 I had mentioned before. So that's something, if you really like Fulham and you, and you like the under, that's something to consider maybe a half unit or something. Don't hate it. Yeah. So that'll wrap it up. I hope you guys enjoyed. We, we, we really went worldwide this episode. We went all over the place, all the big five leagues in Europe. And uh, like we said, Patreon is available for anybody who's interested Give us a follow there. Um, share our, our, our stuff on Twitter. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to grow our following, get some more followers, get some more listeners, and uh, keep hitting you with more winning bets. So thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace.